guys, it's Nikki Jumper, and thank you so much for listening to Interview Under Fire. Uh, all right, everyone, Sunny here with Interview Under Fire. This is episode 20 of season two, believe it or not. Nikki, thank you so much for joining our podcast today on IUF, a big yet interesting time of the year for you first off you know congratulations on your newest single apocalypse love which is a precursor to precursor to a bigger craft that you are creating with your new ep coming out later but before we get into that i'm gonna ask the most important question that's been overlooked how are you <laughs> as of, you know you. how how have things been for you as of late and how has everything been since our lives have been in lockdown i, I believe you're in toronto right how's how's life over there right now yes I'm right now I'm a little bit north out of Toronto. I wanted to not be in the city at the moment. Uh, so I've just been here enjoying nature and just really taking the time to be as Zen as possible while we're in the apocalypse. <laughs> so yeah, I'm doing good. I'm doing good. Um, yeah. yeah. I feel like yeah. that's just a question that's just overlooked lately. You know, how are you? it was kind <laughs> yeah. of just like a, something that was, programmed within our DNA just to ask someone on the regular in the past but now it's an important question yeah yeah a lot of people are having a really really hard time right now um you know I've had some I've had some good days I've had some bad days but overall um you know the good days are more happen more often than than the bad days so I'm very grateful for that yeah making the best of this situation that you know, we are all collectively in, it's, mm-hmm. it's, uh, it's easier said than done, you know, being stuck at home, uh, I'm not sure how, you know, you're away from the city, of course, you know, being where you're at, how is that affecting your musicianship now that you're not actually out in the open? You know, how is that affecting you at all? Mm-hmm. Do you live in a place where you can just crank it up and sing as much as you want, you know, without the neighbors yelling? I'm sure you're, you're good on that part, right? Yeah, yeah. So I can, I can be loud and I can play and have fun here on my own. Awesome. Um, yeah, so that that's a good thing. Just you know, being out here in nature, it's a little bit isolated, but with that comes the freedom to, you know, go outside and not have to wear a mask because there aren't any people around. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, so it's really it's really nice being in nature. I've been doing some hiking, uh, lots of walk walking. Um, yeah, it's it's really it's been interesting because before this, I was traveling traveling quite a bit and I was around a lot of people. Yeah, uh, so just. Yeah, it's, so it's nice right now, kind of being isolated, kind of. Um, yeah, I mean, I'm doing some stuff on Skype still, like a lot of Skype writing, FaceTime writing, um, collaborating that way. So does this pandemic open up new things for you personally and artistically that you may have not noticed for, about yourself before? Uh, absolutely. Absolutely. Um, I'm a very firm believer that we can create magic out of everything, even the darkest things, the hardest things, or even especially the darkest things and the hardest things. Uh, so I've definitely, you know, been doing a lot of soul searching, a lot of just create creative work in the sense of uh, really deciding and working towards things that I've wanted to create for a long time, but I was always distracted. So it's been a major time of focus for me, um, you know, with my music and, you know, with my health and fitness and 
meditation. Like I, I you know, I, I would sporadically meditate before and now it's way more consistent. Um, so just creating new, new routines in that kind of way. Um, yeah. And just, you know, starting new, um, new businesses online and kind of diving into that whole world and awesome. just, yeah, it's, it's been, it's been like a very, um, it's been a really interesting experience, but I'm definitely making the most of it. And, you know, when this whole thing started, I said to myself, okay, how can I win during this whole thing? How can I come out of this better than how I came into it? So everything that I do right now is basically to set myself up for next year. Um, yeah. So that it'll be even better. And so I can make up for the lost time, which won't even be lost time because it's, it'll be, you know, beyond what I would have done without this time. All those months were saying, oh man, I got to, you know, spend time by myself. And, you know, when you w- we would get invited to parties, whatever it was that we were invited to, it was like, oh, okay, I got to go here, here, here. Now that we're home, you know, now there's no more excuses. We spend all our sweet time at home. Once all this is over, it's like, okay, no more excuses. Now you got to go out and do stuff, you know? And like you said, you were traveling. I didn't know I was going to be doing podcasting, you know, uh, four months ago. You know, usually we do these interactions in person and, and it's mm-hmm. great, a whole different atmosphere when you're, when we're in the venue, sound check and just the experience of just being there, you know, I'm, I'm missing mm-hmm. it more and more day by day, but of course making the best of the situation and sounds like you're doing that, which is awesome. And, and here we are, it brings us yeah. here and we're, both of us are doing what we can mm-hmm. with the craft that we created. And one of the more popular topics that's been discussed on the show, and you've seen this, live streaming a lot of the mm-hmm. artists have been taking their work for the fans so they can interact with them you know like we're doing right now right so i wanted right. to ask you i know you're you are just coming up on into the scene and got that single out and then currently writing on your new ep do you think the quarantine induced live streaming surge that we're seeing now how do you feel it's going to affect the touring musician business going forward. Do you still see bands doing this even after all this is over? Oh man. Uh, so a few things I want to touch on. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I, the, one of the things I miss the most is other people's sweat. <laughs> I never thought that would be a thing, but just going out to a bar and watching a band play and feeling other people sweat on you that is something that I just miss. Like I miss just that, you know, just like, just even just standing by a mosh pit or whatever. Uh, so I love that. And I miss yeah. that. And that can't be replicated with a live stream. No, Unless, I mean, of course you you know. have to, I got the liberty of watching <laughs> this room if I want to, but it's not like, <laughs> yeah, it's so not the same, but, but right there, that just painted a picture for me because that created the atmosphere of just standing there, just a bunch of just sweaty people in the pit after three or four mm-hmm. songs, whoever the band may be. And then, you know, crowd surfing, all that stuff in between. There's just so many elements that make up the live atmosphere. And right. I like asking this question because there's just so much uncertainty going forward because, and yeah. I'm not sure you've seen this in Germany. I believe they're doing the whole drive-in, like the car drive-in with the, and then yeah. I think Beyond the Black were one of the first bands to do that. And they did the, they performed on stage and all the cars were parked in the field. That was, that was crazy to see. I mean, yeah. it was great. Wow. It was great. It was a neat idea, but it got me thinking, man, I wonder if this is going to be something that'll be like 
part of the protocol. It's not like you plan for a pandemic, you know? Right. Like, like, like here's, here's what we should do. Of course, you know, when you were write, writing Apocalypse Love and the EP that you're currently on, you know, it's not like, okay, here's a pandemic. Here's what we do just in case. It's it's different, you know? Right, exactly. Of course, and if you want to talk about the Spanish flu like 100 years ago, that's you can do right. that. But again, the time we're in, it's, I don't want to say it's unprecedented, but it's it's definitely not something we're used to. Right. Yeah. It's pretty crazy. Very crazy. And definitely, yeah, something that we've never experienced in our lifetimes. That's for sure. In terms of how it's going to be, I guess, how live concerts and live shows are going to be integrated back into society. I don't know how that's going to play out. Uh, I really hope that we can be sweat on soon. That's what I want. <laughs> <laughs> but I think that they're going to be doing, I think that live streaming is going to start to be something that happens alongside co- physical concerts. And I think that's pretty cool. You know, it's like if you're, if you're, um, you know, if you're at a show and then they're doing a live stream, so whoever is not there can watch it. That's awesome. Like if my favorite band was live streaming all of their shows, I would watch it all the time i'd be like this is amazing but i would rather be there like i'd rather buy tickets and go and experience it um but i think i think it's going to be integrated into the concert experience in the future so people they're probably going to sell um like physical tickets um first like in the people in their cars (laughs) right and then they're going to sell digital tickets to like live stream in hd or whatever um so it's not going to be like a phone stream it'll be like a, a legitimate live stream like concert experience so they could sell for like half the price that's that's what i think is going to happen um but i definitely think that you can't replace the real concert experience and that's been the yeah. answer and there's there's no wrong answer to this it's just interesting because some a lot, a lot of artists say oh no that's a terrible idea i i hate the live stream i would never do that mm-hmm. and then there are artists who you know like like you're saying it's you know it take the best of what you have and you know give it to the fans and exactly again there's like no wrong answer because there's so many exactly, ways to yeah. go about the situation now with the live streaming with the concerts mm-hmm. that we talked about i want to talk about something that uh, you had a part in because you took up photography from your younger days correct yes which yes, launched yes. you into live concert photography and you shot yes muse misfits and we were talking about the misfits mm-hmm. earlier before this interview started you know slash mm-hmm. bring me the horizon and mm-hmm. warp tour what was your favorite part about that experience? Because there's fans, there's culture, you know, there's mm-hmm. food. Is it now that you're taking like an unseen step back from that, you know, now that we are all mm-hmm. home, does it have you, does it make you have like a growing, growing appreciation for the concert life? What was your biggest takeaway from it? Oh my God. Uh, that's why I'm so sad about the, like the pandemic because <laughs> there's no more live music yeah. and no more traveling. And that is like, those are my two like biggest loves in life is traveling and live concerts and that experience of being around being around my friends being around other artists just being around the music um yeah so I definitely definitely have a great appreciation for you know the live concert experience now uh you know because when you're in it like you love it but you don't really ever think that it's ever going to be taken away you know and like all the traveling I was basically traveling since well for a long time but uh, I was on the road basically from October I was doing a bunch of different traveling for a bunch of different things but I was basically in like two different countries a month I went to Japan that was really fun awesome 
I went all across Japan. I was like that, like, oh my God. Um, that was a whole experience in itself. Uh, but at those, in those times, I didn't realize that that would be the last time that I would be at these places for a while, you know? So I feel like you kind of, we, as humans, I think we take things for granted in life. Um, you know, that cliche, you don't know what you have till it's gone. You know, so that like, I was so depressed, like just knowing that I couldn't travel. Like, I didn't care. I was locked in my house. I was like, whatever. I'm like the fact that I know in my head that I can't go book a plane, a flight and like go somewhere. That was really sad for me, which is like, what, I, like, you know, some people don't care about those, about those things. But for me, it's like, I just really got so much joy and pleasure in my life. And I, I've built my life in a way where I could do those things. And, you know, like either because of like music or photography or any other, any other thing I was able to do that. And, you know, so for now it's on pause. So uh, I definitely, yeah. I definitely miss it a lot. And I, I, yeah <laughs> you know i'm never not at a concert so it, ironically enough it was i didn't actually it didn't actually hit me until maybe a, a month into this whole stay at home quarantine situation mm-hmm. and i'm thinking to myself wow this is okay i i get it that's this is not fun and you know that's when i wanted to do this start up this podcast is try to help you know art, artists like you just to give a platform for you guys to voice your talent you know and and uh you know it's a challenge for all of us like being at home like you you've been traveling you know that's and all of a sudden it comes to a halt i can't yeah. even imagine you know and i mean i've had my shares of traveling you know of course you know yeah. i don't i don't i don't travel as much as most people as i try to travel as as much as i can but when your daily routine kind of just takes a knock and everything you kind of just have to force yourself to change everything. Um, maybe not everything. Of course you got to still got to eat and all that yeah. stuff like that, but your daily schedule, once that changes around, it's, it's almost to the point where I'm now used to it, you know? So while once everything is right. back to normal, we have to adjust to that lifestyle again. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. So what was, yeah. do you have a favorite yeah. concert in mind? I was going to ask, cause you've, you've been to so many, like what, what mm-hmm. can you think of at the top of your head? I know you love bringing the horizon. Yeah. They definitely put on like one of the best shows ever. Like so good. Um, actually I, I toured with them. I think it was 2009, 2008, 2009. So uh, I was like a bar tour, like a club tour. Man, that was so, around the time they were like blowing into the scene. Everybody. Yeah. 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 yeah so that was really cool. And then to kind of see them evolve like over the years, um, like I've, I've been to every single tour that they've done and it's crazy to see like how they've, how they've grown and evolved as artists. And they definitely put on like one of my favorite shows. Uh, so yeah, bring me the horizon. Love them. Uh, the other, one of my other favorite artists that I've seen play live was Muse. Man. I and they're I mean they're they've been around for a while too and yeah I'm talking about veterans in the industry and they know how to get the job done when it comes to giving a live performance because it's a whole yeah. different atmosphere when you're in the studio as opposed to doing it live mm-hmm. and they do it right <laughs> yeah it was a it was a vibe uh it was one of the first concerts that I had shot I think I was probably uh 16 or 17 maybe and I was shooting them for who was I shooting for 
I know, I know you was, had. I think it was. I think it was American Music Press. I don't think they're around anymore. Alternative Press. Not alter. I was. I shot for them too, but okay, okay. Uh, it was American Music Press, like AMP. Gotcha. I don't know if they're around anymore, but so I did a spread. It was like a few page spread on Muse. Um, it was one of my first spreads that I did, and yeah, that was really fun because they were one of my favorite bands, and I got to shoot them like from the front. It was like you know, I was I was so young, and I was like, wow, like. <laughs> I was like, this is an experience. This is really, really cool. So yeah, I definitely, um, I loved that experience. That was one of my favorite shows too. Yeah, seeing Muse. Um, who else? I don't know if there's anybody else that comes to mind right off the bat. Um, you know. I saw, Ra- I saw Rage Against the Machine. Oh, did you see them when England. they, okay. Wow, gosh. Yeah. <laughs> How was that? <laughs> Why- oh, and ACDC. Okay. You've already, yeah. you already, you already like checked a few off my bucket list. Wild, it was crazy. <laughs> so, um, so with yeah. with all these bands that we've talked about, you know, that was kind of like almost a gateway to you being where you are mm-hmm. now. Now I want yeah. to talk about Apocalypse, Apocalypse Love, the, okay. you know, alongside the EP that you're currently writing. It's yeah. crazy timing, isn't it? Because everything that you kind of just talked about about your interests and how um, you're a futurist, you talked about that. Yes. Look where we are. It's I know. Just insane when you first started writing it last summer and then here we are. It's just you know, it again, crazy timing. I can't even imagine like being in that position and and I wrote it last summer with uh Francesco Yates. You know, let's let's talk about him. You know, was yeah. there a chemistry that you guys have already established that may have been one of the biggest benefits in your songwriting? Uh yeah, definitely. Um yeah, definitely chemistry there for sure. Um, you know, working together has been a really, 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 really cool, cool experience. He's been so helpful to me. Um, you know, in in the studio, like he set up a whole studio for me in my house. Um, awesome. Yeah, so it's been like a really, really uh, cool experience collaborating with him. And I know it's a very personal track. You did mention, I don't know which interview it was, but it was about one of your friends who survived a terrorist attack, correct? Yes. That was one of the, that was one of your influences that Mm -hmm. brought you where to where you are today. I, you know, it's when you talk about a very personal track, that's as, that's as deep as it gets. And when a friend, does that friend know that you actually wrote this track and did you let them know, Hey, you know, everything that you told me, like it's, it's been in my mind and it, I'm kind of just letting it all out right now. Uh, I mean, you know, when, when, you know, after I'd finished the song and I sent it to her, she was like, Oh my God. She's like the song, it was the demo. And she's like, the song is on repeat. Like it was just, you know, we didn't even really need to talk about it. Yeah. Um, because it was something that, you know, she obviously like related to and connected to and yeah, I mean, she's like, she's like, I lo- you just have to put this song out. <laughs> <laughs> she was pushing me for a long time uh, to do that. But yeah, she definitely um, connected to that in a certain way. And I think, you know, it was interesting in the way that, that we wrote it because, you know, there wasn't really an intention um, for it to be as real as it is right now. You know, at the, at the time. That's as real as it gets, too. Yeah. So, you know, at the time when, like, when we, when Francesco and I wrote this song, you know, we really were just, we were 
primarily writing about our paranoias and you know what we thought was going to happen because we you know we had been talking a lot about the apocalypse and you know it's the idea of this like dystopian world and uh you know and kind of what could happen and where it could, where it could go and AI. You know, so we were an AI. And so we were writing about that, but we were writing about it from like a very paranoid way. And, you know, there were also the elements about, you know, what happened with my friend. Uh, so there was like a lot of different things, right? There was like the violence. Um, there was the AI. There was, you know, uh, you know, love story, like all these different kind of things that were just kind of happening at the time that we were influenced by. But we didn't really, at, at the time, we didn't really intend for it to come together that way but it just kind of did um yeah I mean (laughs) at the time too like we didn't know that it was gonna be so real right like it was supposed to be more of a concept song and it was gonna add this whole idea for this like concept album this concept EP um about apocalypse love and that was gonna be the first thing but then there was all these other like all these other tracks that are related to what would happen in a post-apocalyptic dystopian world and I had this idea like last summer. So now I'm like, we're writing this and I'm almost like, I, this is too real now. You know, I'm like, I don't know if I, should, if I could even separate this from reality at the moment. Right. Um, Cause there was, <laughs> was going to be songs about Hollywood, uh, like dystopian Hollywood. There was going to be songs about um, like, like anarchy, um, like riot songs, uh, what else? Like, that's, there's that's crazy. I'm like, that's literally what's happening now. Yeah. And so I have these songs, like I have these songs on that we're working on, but I'm kind of like, I, it's almost, it almost seems too real, right? Like I know, um, Black Mirror, the show Black Mirror, they yeah. actually canceled it this year because they're like, they said this is too real. Wow, so I didn't even know that. Yeah, so I kind of feel almost in a similar way where I'm like, this concept that I had feels too real now. Um, cause it's, it's not so much in fantasy land anymore as it is in our reality. And, you know, I kind of, I don't know, I, some days I'm like, oh, I want to go into this world. Other days I'm like, I need to escape this world cause it feels too real. And like, I'm so paranoid right now about what's going to happen. Um, so yeah, I mean, there's definitely, there's definitely a lot of emotion and energy there now, I think. And you said you aim to create art that leans into the madness of what's going on in the world and here yeah. you are to what level now that now that you kind of just are in that position now the topic that you covered in apocalypse love to mm-hmm. what level do you like to have a theme for your music and how important are themes to you is that more about helping you write or sound or is that more for the audience because a lot a lot of artists they don't really care about themes they just do 10 mm-hmm. songs and that's it which is fine they they, right. they can do what they want to do but i feel like you you have you have this huge picture that you you're still painting, you know, as mm-hmm. time goes on. But is is that was that the idea? Like you wanted to have this theme for it? Um, yeah, I mean, as so I'm a, as a photographer, that's, you know, I mean, I was singing and writing since I was a kid, but um, I'm also a photographer and I work in film and I love visuals. I love like cohesive pieces of art that make sense all the way through that are kind of uh, I love it when things make sense in a way that everything, the energy is the same. Yeah. So it's just, a matter, for me, it's like, I, I want the energy of a piece to be the same. So when I'm working on something, everything needs to make sense in that way. Everything needs to feel that way because that's how something feels real. Um, yeah. So it's not so much like, 
I never sit down and say, okay, I'm making a concept album or I'm making a concept this or whatever. It's just kind of, you know, when I have an idea for something, usually as a whole piece of work and not as just like one, one off thing. So right now, or at the time when I was thinking about apocalypse love, that was kind of the whole thing was like, let's make a, a whole thing about the ap- apocalypse and all these things that are kind of involved in that energy. Um, so yeah, so that's kind of that, how that whole thing happened. And, you know, I can see like in the future, like when I work on, you know, I already have some ideas for the next, <laughs> the next batch of songs. And I definitely see them as like whole pieces of, of work and not like, you know, 10 different ideas kind of slapped together. Yeah. Um, man, that's just a whole lot you covered there. Let's talk about <laughs> Phil Gornell because he's yeah. the producer and he's mm-hmm. he has a very strong resume and he's worked with Bring Me the Horizon all time low. Was mm-hmm. were there any challenges that you faced with Phil? And I, and by challenges I mean positive challenges, you know, something that pushed you to be better, you know, when you mm. before you started working with him. Oh my God. Um so first of all, I love Phil. Uh Phil Gornell is great. Shout out to uh, Phil. So we, we actually met, pardon? Uh, I said shout out to Phil. <laughs> uh, yeah, shout out to Phil. Uh, we actually met on tour um, with Bring Me the Horizon. He was doing their live sound mixing. Yeah. So that's how, that's how we met. Um, but yeah, so what actually, so what happened was uh, Francesco and I recorded uh, the initial version of Apocalypse Love um, at my house. Well, at my house and in Aruba. <laughs> so yeah. it was like kind of a, we recorded it here, uh, wrote it here. Then we recorded the vocals in a hotel room in Aruba. And funny story, I actually had just a side note. Um, I sounded way too happy because at the time there was no apocalypse and we were just in a beautiful hotel room in Aruba overlooking the ocean. And so he actually put my mic into the corner and he's like, stare at the wall (laughs) and like, think about all the, all the, you know, like you're in the apocalypse. Sometimes I think that I like somehow manifested this reality of the apocalypse just by writing the song, but that's a whole other thing. <laughs> um, so, so uh, yeah, so we wrote, um, we recorded it in Aruba and um, we mixed it on the airplane and he did his whole thing. And we basically had at the end of the day, um, so for, we had this, um, sorry, at the end of the day, we had this track that was very like 80s, kind of like synth wavy. It's like, I really love synth wave too. So it was very much, um, it was way more pop and it was on the 80s kind of synth wavy side. I of almost want to hear that and version too. Yeah, you know what? I, yeah, <laughs> I should probably, maybe I should put that out too. Think about it <laughs> because of all the things that are going, look at the shows on Netflix, like Stranger Things and Glow. Yeah, it was like, it's, very much like it's, that. It's tapping into that time frame, And I, just saying, as a fan. I love synth wave. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so that was with how the original version was and maybe I should actually put that out actually be really fun um so I was like hey Phil um like can you mix this and uh he's like yeah okay sure um he's like he's like do you have any references do you just want me to do my thing I'm like just do your thing he's like okay I'm gonna dirty it up I'm like all right okay, okay I trust you go so uh, he went and he, I think he was touring with Five Seconds of Summer at the time. So he went and he, you know, he did his thing. He did it in hotel room um, after like during the tour, I guess on his days off somewhere. Right. And so he sent the track back to me and I was like, oh my God, what just happened here? Uh, because he basically, he reproduced the whole track and 
he made it super, super, uh, like loud and super heavy hitting and super gritty. And I loved it. And, uh, you know, that was kind of the sound that I've wanted to accomplish for a long, long time, but I never really knew how to do that. Um, and yeah, he, I think that like the real, uh, magic and the real magic there was the fact that, uh, we had been in the same music scene for so many years. So it was kind of, it made sense. And, you know, without even giving any direction or any guidance, he just knew what I would like just based on just, I guess, the the culture and, you know, just everything that we had experienced over the years. So, uh, yeah, so so that's why I was like so happy and so thrilled. And I was like, oh my God, Bill, (laughs) like, I don't want to cry. I'm like, this is like, I'm so proud of this piece of work and I'm so happy and I'm so grateful. Um, so yeah, that's, that was kind of how that whole experience went down. Like it, you know, it was, um, it went in for a mix that ended up getting reproduced and yeah, I love it. Yeah. I definitely got that vibe, but it had the, it it had a punch to it as opposed to Mm. there's, there's the pop genre is, Mm. you know, this it's saturated with so much, just so much material you can take from. Yeah. And yours stood out when I heard that. And and now you're telling me about this 80s synth wave, like, oh my gosh. I mean, think about just the different dimensions that Nikki yeah. Jumper can like tap into, you know? Like, <laughs> like again, I, I think that's just a testament to the to the crap that you created. Now you now you now you're writing that new EP. Mm-hmm. And you have Apocalypse Love that's out right now. Do you see this these songs that you're writing? Do you see this as a snapshot of where you are in a certain time of your life? I think it's more of a cultural snapshot, I think, mm. um, you know, because right now I am in the country right now, essentially uh, in Canton, Canada, like I'm near Toronto. I'm not like out in like some like in the middle of nowhere, you know, but <laughs> I'm, you know, I'm in I'm isolating myself in like every way possible. Just so just so I will not be affected by the experience of living in this world <laughs> right now. Um, you know, I spent some time downtown Toronto recently and I was like, damn, I'm like, this does not feel, this does not feel right. This doesn't feel, this is not how this is supposed to feel being in the city. Um, so I feel like, you know, this whole thing that I'm working on, I am essentially tapping into, you know, kind of this paranoid idea that I had last summer and that is being perpetuated now by everything that everyone is experiencing and, and, you know, and going through, um, you know, so it's going to be a little bit about my world, but also a little bit about what other people are experiencing and what I'm seeing is happening around me. You know, it's, you know, I'm in Oklahoma, uh, Oklahoma and we're away from like the city, you know, so it's, mm-hmm. I can definitely relate to what you're talking about enough because I'll probably have to be back in Dallas in a couple of days and it mm-hmm. won't feel the same, but being away from just a lot of, I guess distractions, I don't know if that's the right word when you're trying mm-hmm. to create something like you're creating. It's, it gives you a positive perspective. A, you know, again, it's, it's, it's just that you're discovering more about yourself, so to speak. Right, right, have exactly. Your, yeah, have your aspirations as a person and an artist, have they changed or evolved when you first started in the world of the music industry? Do you see things differently now? Like after this whole pandemic, you mean? Even or, during the pandemic. How, how do you see things now as opposed to when you first started, you know, being a photojournalist, you know, touring with these bands? Mm-hmm. I learned so much, you know, I, I can't, 
it's it's great information and it's great interaction and it's great experience that you've gotten from so many professionals in the industry and you're still in touch with them which is mm-hmm. awesome that just i think that just shows how far you have come from when you first started you know getting these uh articles or you know photos published in alternative press american music and, you know and now mm-hmm. you're here i mean do you see yeah. things differently now at all uh i definitely do um some well some things feel the same some things feel worlds apart um i definitely feel way more confident in myself as an artist now than i did back then um you know because i was around so many amazingly talented artists and musicians i was like oh my god like how can i ever like (laughs) write this good or sing this good or perform this good and you know, I basically had set the bar for what I wanted to do really, 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 really high. And with that, I, you know, like I just didn't have the confidence to really put myself out there. Right. So I would secretly be writing. I would secretly be, you know, recording demos. I would secretly be taking vocal lessons, um, you know, for years and years and years and years. And I never really had the confidence in myself to actually really put myself out there in a big way um, because I didn't really, I, I could hear what I wanted to, I basically I could hear what I was creating and I'm like, this isn't what I want. <laughs> this isn't what I want. This isn't the sound that I want. And you know, I didn't, I didn't give up, but I just kept working and working and working behind the scenes and secretly. And most people didn't even know that I was a singer for the longest time because I, you know, I just, I had a vision of what I wanted to do and you know, it's just, yeah, I just, it took me a long time to like gain that confidence. And I think looking back, I, you know, I, I, it would have been, I think, um, way more fun <laughs> to have been more confident at the time in the beginning, but you know, everyone has their own path and their own choices and their own, um, you know, their own journey. And so for me, it took me a long time to really come out into the world in the way that I wanted to do it, if that makes sense. I'm going to throw four words at you. And okay. I think this means a lot to you. Okay. The War of Art. Yes. And that book changed my life, actually. Yeah. Steve, by Stephen Pressfield, for my yeah. listeners who do not know. And it's, it's, it, I believe that served as a catalyst from photographer mm-hmm. to artist. And yeah. You still have that book, I assume, right? I actually, I gave it to a friend. Oh, um, even better. That, that's also good. Yeah. I've actually bought multiple copies of that book. And I've given it to many, many people. Um, I always recommend it. Uh, yeah, definitely. I know that was very influential to you. That's you know, so influential. And when did you? Uh, yeah. How how was how did that even start? Is that something you that someone gave to you? Is someone recommended? Is something you just found? How did it even end up in your hands? Because something that impactful. Again, again, <laughs> we we've talked about being a platform for the for for artists and and i'm and i mean authors you know right uh, actors whatever it is you want to name it's another it's i believe it's like a chain of it's a link to the chain you know reading something like the word of art and having that big of an influence like how did you come upon that like i remember this moment actually um i was at a bookstore like a chapsters or indigo or one of those things yeah and I always loved just like walking around the bookstores. I was that person. I would go to the bookstore and just like go there for like hours. 
<laughs> so I remember I was just reading, looking at all the books, and I saw the War of Art on the shelf. And I was like, oh, my God. Like, it was next to um, The Artist's Way, I think. And then I think I bought both of them at the time. Okay. But The War of Art, I remember I picked it up, and I was like, okay, I need this book. And I remember I went home, and I read it in, like, one sitting like I didn't put it down. I read the whole book and then I was like, I need to go to Nashville. <sighs> I'm like, well, actually, no. First I said, I need to, I, before I, okay, I read the book and I put it down and I was like, I need to hire the best vocal coach in the world. And that so I was. I literally Googled best vocal coach in the world. So I was like, I just need to learn how to sing like by the best vocal coach. And so Brett Manning popped up. Um, and he's in Nashville. So I literally, uh, the next day, I like went to my parents and I was like, I need to go to Nashville. I need to work with Brad Manning. I need to do this. I really like, I basically like create, did a whole case, like a whole presentation <laughs> as to why I should go to Nashville. And they helped me out, um, you know, and then I went there. Um, and yeah, I started training uh, with Brad Manning and that's when, you know, the whole new world opened up to me um, in terms of music and, and singing. And, you know, to this day, like, I still train with Brett. I still train with his coaches. Like, I work with uh, his master coach, Jason. He's in L.A., um, but we do FaceTime vocal coaching three days a week. Uh, so, yeah, it's, it's so – I think it's so important as an artist to continually be working on – on your craft, whatever that is. And for me, it's like, I just want to always be working on my voice. And, you know, there was actually a time like right before, right before I did Apocalypse Love, I actually took probably a year off. Might've been more. And I was, I felt super, super, super rusty, but like Francesco like pushed me. He's like, just record Apocalypse. Like, let's do this. And like, I hadn't practiced it. And I was like, oh my God, this is like, oh, it's like so, so like hard for me. Cause I felt so rusty. It's a, it's a muscle. You have to work it. Yeah. And um, but he pushed me to do it anyways. And so we recorded apocalypse and like it worked out, thankfully, <laughs> like I, I hadn't lost everything, but now like, since, you know, since then, I guess that was, we recorded that and the vocals in October, no October. Yeah. I yeah. recorded the vocals in October for that song. And since then, after that, I was like, okay, I need to hire, I need to work with Jason again. So I've been doing three lessons a week since October for my vocals. So I am just like fiending to get back into like recording. I've been writing, but I'm like, I just want to record stuff now. Cause like, I feel like my voice is so much more powerful and so much stronger. And I like, I've like, my range is way better. And you know, I've been like practicing a lot. So I'm just getting excited now. Cause I'm like, Oh, I just want yeah. to record some vocals. <laughs> hey, that's, that's amazing. Like every, just that entire path that you, you talked about from the war of art to Brett Manning and Brett Manning, mm -hmm. Taylor Swift, Miley Cyrus, Haley Williams, and mm -hmm. did you share a house with Poppy or, or did I just read that? Somewhere? Yes. Yeah. I did. <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah. <laughs> How was that? <laughs> it was cool. It was cool. Um, it was back when she was Mariah. So she had her brown hair. Yeah. Um, yeah, I know. It was really cool. I remember, you know, like we'd be, you know, I'd be like cooking in the kitchen and she'd be like filming her like music video covers because she was doing a lot of YouTube stuff before and like cover songs um so it was really cool uh and how yeah, long ago was, was this really I'm, I'm thinking because i remember those the the youtube videos and poppy was in you know yeah now, now she's 
now she's i think she just released a new album this year but yeah long, so good i love ago, it how long ago was this era uh this is 2012 man yeah we actually have the same vocal coach so uh jason in la um he's been keep in touch with poppy yeah unfortunately i haven't talked to her in so long um yeah, so I definitely, you know, next time I'm, uh, you know, I'm out in LA, I'm definitely gonna, you know, let get Jason <laughs> to, to set us up to go hang out, you know, because yeah, we were housemates and you know it was, it was it was really fun. It was a really fun time. Man, that'd be really cool to just complete the circle to get the EP out. Just do a tour, man. I know. I'm gonna. <laughs> that, like, that'd be awesome. amazing, wouldn't it? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. It was. It was actually really interesting because I remember one time. Uh, our other producer friend who had basically produced some stuff. So like, yeah, so we have a lot of the same, the same circles in Nashville and we were working with a lot of the same people. And I remember my, I was working with this one producer and he had just recorded a song for Poppy and then he recorded a song for me. And he's like, he kind of looked to me and he's like, I can't tell you got your vocals apart right now. He's like, I literally like you guys not like, cause at the time, like we have more of a distinct sound now. But at the time, like these producers, they were like, this is very trippy because you guys, like, I've never heard this before. You guys sound exactly the same. Uh, Yeah, I'm I'm just throwing an idea out there. And now now look, these similarities that you guys have had and Mm -hmm. the relationship that you have, you have had with these people, you know, you know, in the industry, you know, uh, vocal coaches and Mm -hmm. producers and everything else in between it's and other music artists, you know, and. I think That's it's true. Yeah. I, I think it's just a I think it's just a great to, it's a great thing to see, you know, people supporting each other in the industry. Yeah, I love I love Poppy. I'm a yeah. I'm a huge fan. I love her. Yeah. I like, love her too. So hey, if anyone's yeah, listening, get in touch awesome. with Poppy, get Nikki <laughs> together and let's do it. Let's do it. It'd be yeah. great. <laughs> well, Nikki, we touched on a whole lot of topics. Man, you know, this is the last part of the interview, unfortunately. Of course, you know, we'll do this in person, you know, whenever you guys do mm, come to Dallas. With the hot sauce. Yes, we will. Trust me, we will. <laughs> um, the hotter, the better. At, I've, obviously, I won't be able to do it, but I'm sure someone on our staff will, <laughs> will find something out. <laughs> so I was going to ask, you know, you have a very inspiring backstory that we talked about from your upbringing you. to where you are now. What advice would you have for someone wanting to follow in your footsteps if you were to put everything in a nutshell? <sighs> okay, so this is the under fire question. <laughs> okay, so uh, I would say, and I've thought about this a lot, is to believe in the magic of yourself. Truly, um, you know, because I feel like everything, everything is magic. Everything can be magic. You just have to have the belief and the confidence that you can create that magic, you know? And I feel like every single person on the planet has this like spark of something in them. And it's, you know, it's really up to you to actually like have the courage and confidence to take that and create something with it. So, and five albums you can think of at the top of your head right now. Five albums. Yeah. Oh God. Uh, okay. So, uh, now that we've been talking about it, so Poppy, uh, I am a girl, uh, Bring Me the Horizon, Ammo, uh, The Strokes, (laughs) the Arctic Monkeys album. Awesome. Uh, how many was that? Is that three? I think that's three. That's three. Uh, Lady Gaga, The Fame. 
Um, what else? This is like super under fire. <laughs> we should have the Jeopardy theme playing during this. We should have what? <laughs> the Jeopardy theme playing during yeah. this. <laughs> oh, okay. One more. Uh, this is like a super, super throwback, but okay. uh, the millionaires just got laid. So those five <laughs> albums, man, that kind of just encompasses your entire genre of music. Yeah. That's, that's pretty amazing. <laughs> yeah. But they're kind of like you know, unsuspectingly. Man, I need, to, I need to listen to that Arctic Monkeys album again because <laughs> um, it's been a while. I have heard that album. Yeah. It's, it's, I love British music. Man. It's like two things. Yeah. Music from New York and music from England. Yeah, those are two different elements yeah. too. And they have yeah. and they stand out on their own too. Yeah. So Nikki, do we have do you have any last words, any shout outs, any plugs, anything you want to mention before we finish things off here? Um, I'm gonna shout you out. Thank you so much for being so amazing and I've loved having this conversation with you. So I thank you so that. much. I really, really appreciate it. And everyone who is listening. Nikki Jumper's Apocalypse Love. The single is out now. Support her, you know, listen to her on Spotify, any major stream that you have out there. She is currently writing her new EP. And Nikki, you know, thank you so much. You know, please be safe out yeah. there. And we will do this again very soon, okay? Yes, with the hot sauce. Yes. Rebels on the run. Hope is setting like the sun, but I'm gonna make it out with you. There's a pitch black sky and we're running for our lives But there's nothing I would rather do It could be judgment day tonight But when I'm with you, it's still alright Hey guys, thanks for listening to Interview Under Fire podcast If you guys liked what you heard, please subscribe and share our channel And please leave a 5 star review as that helps us tremendously and also, if you guys have any questions or comments, you can find us at Interview Under Fire at Facebook or at Instagram. Or you can write us directly at schwag at interviewunderfire.com. That's S-C-H-W-A-G at interviewunderfire.com. Or Rezablade, that's R-E-Z-A-B-L-A-D-E at interviewunderfire.